This is episode 462 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Treating Severe Burns, You Don't Have Enough Supplies. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by Audible. Now, Audible books were one of the inspirations for this podcast. I purposely don't add bumper music to the podcast because I want it to feel more like an audiobook that just starts and provides value. I love to learn and grow through audiobooks and Audible makes it so easy. If you are not a member of Audible, you can join for 30 days and start your Audible journey with two free books. The great thing about Audible is that you can cancel at any time and you keep the books you have downloaded. For more information, click the link in the show notes or go to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com forward slash audible. And guys, I would say that is a really great deal where you get to join for free for 30 days. You get free two, uh, two free audiobooks. And that is really something you, you know, as we're going into the holidays, you might be, you might be traveling, you might be on a plane or on a train or, you know, you know, on, in a vehicle and uh, listening to an audiobook, audiobook, man, I just, it's, that's the way that I'm learning more and more now. And, and so I really do, uh, you know, learn that way. And so I really like that. And hopefully if you are listening to a podcast, you are you know, you, you, you learn that way too. I mean, you're finding information this way is very valuable. And so Audible is just that great extension for that. So uh, I hope you get to take advantage of that, especially going into the holidays. And one of the cool things, I am a member of Audible. And so you, you do get deals every so often. It's just like, they don't even like, they don't even prep you for them. All all of a sudden you get an email and say, Hey guys, 75% off of audiobooks. I'm like, Whoa, you know? And so, yeah, when you pay for the membership, you get a credit, right? Every month you get a credit to buy uh, an audiobook. But when they do the 75% off and, and different, and they do these types of things all throughout the year, it's like you don't use those credits. You wait for the credits when they're full price. You go when you get 75% off or 50% off. I mean, you just buy them outright. So you always have that choice. So anyway, all right. So enough about that. Let me go ahead and jump into the article of uh, the podcast because it's been a crazy day for me, uh, a lot of sinus pressure. And, and I don't know, it, I don't talk about it that often. I know at the very beginning when I first started the podcast, like for the first two or three months, I was dealing with a lot of sinus pressure and congestion. And, and I kept talking about that. If, you, if you've been a longtime listener, you, you might remember that. Or if you've gone back and you've listened to uh, you know, the first episodes, I mean, it was just like, it was nuts. And then it seemed like it got better, and then lately it has been driving me nuts. But I don't know, with the big temperature degree changes here, and I know some of you up north you have a lot of snow, you're like, Todd, I'd switch with you in a heartbeat. And uh, I completely understand that. I've seen some of the pictures of what you guys are dealing with up there. But still the sinus pressure. I mean, I've been dealing with this pretty much nonstop for a while now. And uh, I don't know, if, if you're able to uh, really listen closely, you might hear a little bit of my congestion it's it's you know in in the past the past episodes um it, it's pretty amazing what technology can do and i don't do a lot of editing 
not like some of the other other big podcasts do, right? And they do some really great stuff. I mean, they sound awesome. But I think the podcast does sound pretty good for what I do, what kind of editing I do, even with all the, um, you know, the sinus pressure and the congestion and all that kind of stuff that I feel. But anyway, this one's going to be a little bit shorter, uh, shorter podcast because of that, because it's just been kicking my butt today. And so this article fits in perfectly since I'm shooting for a little bit of a shorter article. Um, this comes to us from Dave's Homestead, although the the URL is tngun.com. And uh, we I link to Dave a lot over, David Nash, over on Prepper website. I don't do a lot of reading on the podcast of his episodes because his his uh, articles are, are shorter. I mean, he provides value and he provides you know information and stuff like that, but they're just shorter to where they don't really lend themselves so much to a podcast episode. But this one is really, uh, well, I mean, it's a little bit longer, but also it's, it's a topic that I really have been wanting to talk, talk about for a while. Uh, and the title of his article is Treating Severe Burns, You Don't Have Enough Supply. And so he had a situation where he, you know, he burned himself pretty severely. Um, what I like about this article and what he's done here, he's got a YouTube channel. So he recorded a YouTube video so that he's talking a little bit, he's giving you a little bit more context and he's actually giving you some visuals of, uh, of what he's going to be talking about in the article. And so I really do think, uh, I, I really like that. I mean, if everybody could do that, that would, that would add, I would think, add so much to articles and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, this is a great article on dealing with the burn and not necessarily with the actual medical side of it, but dealing with the supply side of it. And this is very, very relevant to us. And uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to jump into the episode or to the podcast. How about that? I can't even talk anymore. I'm going to jump into the article and then I just want to say a few words on the back end and then we'll go ahead and close it out. But uh, a good article here. So um, I hope you enjoy it. A little over three weeks ago, I burned both my legs. Now, as a semi-competent experimenter, I have burned myself a bunch of times. However, this was serious. I, and guys, that's another thing I got to tell you. Dave is hilarious. He's got that. He's got a great sense of humor, even though he's talking about the burns on his legs and he's showing you the burns on his legs. So anyway, and if you follow him on Facebook, he's a funny guy. But anyway, all right. So uh, let me keep going. I burned both legs from just below the knee to the top of my foot, almost 360 degrees. The burns were deep second degree burns and a few third degree spots thrown in. I was messing around with gas and I knew better. So when my wife said not to light the fire, I told her to be quiet. That was pride talking when I knew I should not do what I was about to do. Pride comes before a fall and when the gas vapor ignited, the temperature was low enough it did not whoosh, but the wind changed and basically I was engulfed. Now, it was only for a second and did not do a lot of damage, but the fresh bug spray on my legs started to burn, which did me a lot of damage. So now I have a reason to post about treating severe burns. I'm not a doctor, but as I said before, I am familiar with burn injuries. So this article is not about basic burn treatment. We all know to cool a burn and not to apply grease or butter. This post is about supplies and the daily aftercare. When I first was burned, it did not immediately hurt. I played it off for a few minutes so as not to embarrass myself around my wife. However, once the pain hit, it was horrible. For an old fat guy, I have a pretty high pain tolerance. I have been pepper sprayed and tased enough to have lost count. 
I have a broken, I have broken legs and have sliced, crushed, and otherwise injured myself much more than the common man. Not to put too fine a point on it, after standing in a cool shower for several hours to both cool the burn and control the pain, I had to lay in the bed and cry. The pain was as close to unbearable as anything I have ever felt. My wife wanted me to go to the emergency room, but I was afraid they would admit me, and I had the last class of my graduate certificate on Monday. I could not afford to miss a day of work. Additionally, if they did not admit me, I knew the only treatment was pain medication and a prescription for silver sulfadazine. And I think, so that's the, the, the appropriate medical term there. It's uh, silverdine is actually. So, and he talks about that in the video. I had some left over from when I burned my kitchen down and got to buy my wife a new kitchen and plastic backsplash. I had lots of roller gauze and nonstick pads, so I felt that I would just deal with the pain. So my regimen was to put the Silverdine on, cover it with a nonstick pad. It took a bunch to get total coverage, and then wrap it with roller gauze. For additional protection, I also used an ACE compression bandage for light compression for the swelling. I had a lot of swelling, and the reduced blood flow because of it caused me problems. It took me an hour to get out of bed Monday morning. When I put my foot down, the blood flowing into the area caused me severe pain. Additionally, stretching the burned skin by walking also caused a lot of pain. Luckily, the more I moved, the less pain the skin caused. Too bad I was in class all week and spent the time sitting at a table and getting up at breaks. The pain of getting up increased for a few weeks and finally went away the start of the third week. Now, after about 24 hours, I started getting blisters. They were mostly around my ankles to start, but I kept getting more and more. Eventually, I had several blisters that were the size of my fist. I tried not to pop them because infection is a huge concern with severe burns. The weight of the liquid inside the blister caused the blisters to travel down my legs, stretching and peeling the remaining skin. Eventually, after about a week, they popped on their own, causing my wife much anguish when she saw the blister juice. The smaller blisters never pop, and it is not recommended to pop them. Sometimes, larger blisters are popped by medical staff to control how it is done so the skin does not rip. Now, I finally went to the doctor after five days. I just could not take the constant pain, and I was afraid of infection. She gave me some pain medication, a new prescription for Silverdine, and some antibiotics. I was told I would scar and that it would take about six weeks to heal. Now, the itching was terrible, still is after three weeks. At the time, I did not know that itching is a side effect of the cream. It is also a side effect of the healing skin. I had several large areas where the first couple layers of skin was burnt away and the entire area was sensitive and peeling, so a good satisfying itch was not available. The only thing I could do was to lightly press on the injury and let the pain overcome the itch. After some reading, I learned that antihistamines could help with the itch, so I started taking the allergy medicine I keep around for when I get bee stung. That actually helped a lot. So you don't have enough supplies. As a longtime prepper, I have more than just some bandages in the bathroom closet. I felt pretty prepared for the first aid emergencies. Actually, as far as the initial treatment, I was about as prepared as anyone could be. However, it was the twice daily dressing changes and the daily ointments that gutted my supplies. I now know just how ill-prepared I am. 
Going to the pharmacy box store or the local dollar store just doesn't cut it when you are going through four sets of gauze, a tube of antibiotics cream, and two boxes of non-stick 2x3 pads daily. I was spending a huge amount on supplies and my wife was tired of running to the store. So I went to Amazon and bought it in bulk. This gave me great savings and was convenient. I bought a three-pack of three-inch conforming stretch gauze bandage rolls. This gave me 36 rolls per order. The gauze I selected cost $12 and came with prime shipping. To be fair, I am not as happy with this gauze as I was with the two-pack I got at the Dollar General, but that was about $4 a box, so it was really apples and oranges. This gauze is not sterile and it comes in a bulk paper container, so once you open it, 12 rolls are exposed. However, going through a four a day mitigated the problem. From now on, I will have an unopened pack in my medical supplies. I still will have a smaller amount of higher quality roll gauze for smaller scale incidents. In the same order, I got a bulk pack of 75 non-adherent pads. Because of the size of my wounds, I was going through boxes of smaller 2x3 pads. Because of this, I bought the largest pads I could find. These were 3x8 pads and were labeled as non-stick, non-adherent film for ouch-free removal. These absorbent cotton bandages cost $17.33 with prime shipping for a box of $75 or $0.23 each. I find that I can cover the worst areas of the original wound on each leg by wrapping three of these bandages around each leg. After three weeks, my right leg is not completely healed, but the skin is not intact or scabbed over. Most of my left leg is scabbed or has intact skin. Currently, I am using only one pad per dressing change. Since these are sterile, it works well with the non-sterile roller gauze. I plan on keeping a box in my medical supplies after this injury heals, since the large size makes it not as flexible as smaller pads. It is my intent to also buy a large bulk box of similar pads in the more used 2x3 or 3x4 size. Now lastly, while I can hand wash my ACE compression bandages and they stay relatively clean as they are covering the roller gauze and are covered by my pant legs, I found that with a lot of use, the metal clips break or get lost. Also, some of my newer ACE style bandages come with a weird elastic clip that just doesn't hold. While ordering all of the supplies, I found a bulk 50-piece set of metal style clips for ACE bandages. The 50 pieces only cost $3.79 and was free shipping, so I bought a pack. Unfortunately, it comes from China and it is a very slow ship. I haven't gotten these yet and I stopped needing the compression bandages because the swelling period has ended. I recommend getting some spares, but buy them in advance. Now, in conclusion, the best burn treatment is prevention. My mom says that this means I should listen to my wife more, so do my co-workers. I work with some great people. They have been very supportive while making fun of the limp and my stupidity. Be careful when working. If this injury occurred during a disaster, then it could have easily gotten infected and could have killed me. As it stands, it really impacted my abilities and takes up a huge amount of time in my daily schedule. All right, guys. So like I said, short article. Someone said here that honey, uh, using honey uh, for burns will uh, produce or have less scarring and then plastic wrap for severe burns as well, uh, wrapping that up. And so I don't know. He said that's what, what hospitals use for severe burns. 
Uh, and I remember, and I've talked about that before in the podcast, where Survival Jane used honey for one of her cuts. Uh, honey is pretty remarkable. And so if you have that, you can use that. It's got to be, you know, real true honey, not the not the stuff in the little fake teddy bear, you know, the fake stuff in the teddy bear that you get at the grocery store. All right. So what I really wanted to come back and talk about this is this is something that I always have heard uh, Amy Alton of uh, Doom and Bloom, you know, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. I always talk about them and I always say that you need to get their 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 book. Their book is, is the first prepper book that anybody should have. But this is something that I remember for, for sure saying, her saying, and I believe uh, uh, Joe said it as well. You know, Dr. Bones has said it as well. Um, and so that you never are going to have enough supplies. You never can have enough first aid supplies. And so even if you have, you know, you have a box here and you have a box there, and you, you know, you've been, you've been going through it uh, or building up your supply like that. What Dave uh, is talking about here is he thought he was well prepared and he is, you know, he he is a gun instructor. He, you know, NRA gun instructor and, and you know, he does all these types of things. And so I know that he's prepared. And so he's, he's more prepared than most people. But even his first aid that he believed he thought was good. He went through that very, very quickly. And so he would have, you know, if you if you're in a disaster situation and you use up all your medical supplies then you're pretty much, I mean, you're going to have to get some sheets and you're going to have to try to sterilize them and you're going to have to try to reuse them. And that's just a big, big mess. And so if it's something that you can, you're, you're thinking, okay, what can I throw money at? Or what can I, you know, what do I need to uh, build up here? I mean, he's giving you some ideas, you know, because when you get to a situation where you're dealing with changing out pads and, and you're you're talking about you know someone is hurt and you're having to do this kind of stuff you're going to go through that really really quickly and again that's something that i've always heard uh you know amy talk about and how she's like hey you need to have more whatever supplies it's kind of like firewood when you're getting a campfire for for the night and and you think you have enough wood and you look at your wood pile and and everybody would always tell you go double that it's the same kind of thing with, with first aid supplies. Whatever you think is like, okay, hey, I've got enough supplies. No, go double that. Triple it probably because you're going to go through it even faster than you than you imagine. Now, I like he was talking about Amazon here. I think you can find a lot of great deals on Amazon. And uh, especially when it comes to first aid, I know that I have purchased from Amazon there. Um, and, and that's good. You know, uh, when you think about it, you know, running to the store every so often. Now, you can get stuff. At the dollar store, you can get stuff at Dollar General and things like that. Uh, dollar Tree, that, you know, that he was talking about. And if you, you know, you're prepping on a very, very small budget, well, then you can just go and you're buying one or two items every so often, and you're adding and you're building up like that. But if you can, if you can build up bigger supplies, like he's talking about, you know, big packages of gauze, big packages of pads then you know going to Amazon is is really the way to go because you can buy those big packages but just think about it you know if you are in a disaster situation and you are never able to get another order from Amazon or you're never able to go to the drugstore again or whatever the supplies you have are the supplies you have and so you know a lot of the times we're mostly dealing with a little band-aid here a little neosporin here but think about real things you know when when real things are happening when uh, the poop has hit the fan, someone slices their finger, someone gets sick, someone, you know, burns like he's talking about here. I mean, all these things, you know, begin to begin to add up. 
And so it's something to really think about, thinking about your first aid, uh, you know, your first aid supplies, what you have, what you have available and, and going through that. And so uh, you can't always go to Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, you know, Doom and Bloom, and you can go, uh, you know, they have um, kits that you can buy there. And if, you know, you, you're not looking for their kits or you're to purchase a kit, uh, and they do a real good job of, of putting it together, but you can look at some of the supply list and uh, start, you know, if you don't have an idea of what you need, you can kind of start from there. And by the way, you know, if you're looking for another podcast as well, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy have a great podcast. You can listen to them. And, uh, you know, again, that's a, you know, a medical, a medical podcast. So something that is always beneficial. And then they talk about preparedness there. They interview other people and, uh, they talk about current events as well. But anyway, a lot of good stuff here, guys. I hope you think about first aid supplies. If it's uh, something that you are uh, thinking about, you know, you have some insight into first aid supplies and maybe you have found uh, a way to stock up on first aid supplies that people don't talk about or people don't know, then I'd love for you to come over to episode 462 and share that information. I'd love to share that on the podcast so we can get that out there. But uh, I think it's something that we really need to, to, to think about. You know, it's one of those things. First aid supplies never go bad unless you have them out to a place where like, you know, it's so hot and humid and the, the packages start to, you know, unravel and pests and stuff start getting in there. Yeah, I mean, that's not good. But if you keep them inside in your home, maybe in a closet, something along those lines, first aid supplies will last forever, right? Or even you're keeping them in totes and stuff like that. First aid supplies are going to last forever for a long, long time. And so it's one of those things that you know you're not you're not throwing money away. It's not going to expire. You don't have to get rid of it in, in a, you know, a certain amount of time. So uh, it's always useful out there. So guys, I hope you come take a look at uh, Dave's uh, video over on his uh, website, uh, his article. Like always, I'm going to link to his article on the in the show notes and on the website so you can come check it out. And he talks a little bit more about, you know, you get to see his burns. He talks a little bit more about, you know, what's happened and all those types of things. So uh, I think it's, it's valuable there. All right. So again, guys, that's over at Dave's Homestead. The URL is tngun.com. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 462. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.